Welcome to the OA Serenity Sunday Meeting Podcast. Serenity Sunday is now hybrid, meeting in person at Roxbury Park in Beverly Hills and on Zoom. Visit the Los Angeles Intergroups webpage at oalaig.org for information on how to join our meeting live in either iteration. Now that we're meeting in person, Serenity Sunday has regular meeting expenses and would appreciate Seventh Tradition donations to help support the meeting and this podcast. You can donate via Venmo at Serenity Sunday. Last four digits of the phone number are 6255 or through PayPal, Serenity Sunday 1212 at gmail.com. The opinions expressed on the Serenity Sunday podcast are those of the individual speaker and not those of Overeaters Anonymous as a whole. And now, our speaker. Good morning, everyone. I'm Seppi, compulsive overeater. I came to OA November 1986. So I had a holiday season when I knew that you know, there are people who don't binge, and I binged. Um, I got absent in November 1st. Nope, can't be the same thing. February 1st. See, this is what happens when I haven't had enough coffee. February 1st, 1987. So I did have one holiday season, and I'll come back to food in just a minute. But um, I am so grateful you asked me to speak today, and I'll tell you why. Um, I have to make a very difficult decision at work that will adversely impact a couple of people whom I love. Found that I had to do that last week. I've had an upset stomach, nausea, um, cried because I love these people, and um, said everything I can say 12 steps God, thy will, not mine, relieve me of the bondage of self. Seppi, you're not it. He is. Everyone has a higher power. Uh, I say those things, but quite frankly, this is the disease is an obsession of the mind. If I could have talked an, an adverse idea out of my head by talking to myself fast enough, it would have happened, you know, a lot sooner with other things with sugar. But quite predictably, I can't make talk any faster than what my, the negative thoughts that my head can generate. What is interesting is that yesterday I got together with, uh, we had a group of us, a, a bunch of OA friends had had lunch plans that went back, you know, they were set two months ago. It happened to be this weekend when I needed to walk into a room of people that I feel safe with and say, I have to do this and I don't know how. I clearly haven't been to this meeting in eons. <laughs> Carl sends out a friggin' email, get your asses to, to Serenity Sunday. I get here and I do this. And what this tells me is that um, as long as I focus on my primary purpose in life, which is not to be an executive, which is to just get my ass to OA and see if there's anyone I can help not kill themselves with sugar. As long as I can do that, um, this next week will be okay. 
I may not like it, but it will be okay. So I haven't had this this much program interaction until it happened by chance this particular weekend where I'm tortured. Having said all of that, um, as I said, I had a holiday season that I was not abstinent and it wasn't fun. And my issue, for those of you who heard me, apologies, it's only sugar. I've never been a pizza, bread, spaghetti, steak person. They're just wasted calories. I just want sweets. And um, and what I can't, I don't know if there are any newcomers. I, I missed that part. Apologies. If there are any newcomers, I can assure you, if I can abstain from refined sugar for 35 years, anyone can. And I do it um, by just itty bitty steps. It doesn't take a Herculean effort. It literally takes getting an email from a respected friend that says this meeting needs support. And instead of going home, you know, my cart from the gym, instead of exiting on Bundy, just exit on Robertson. That's all it did. And they're, they're little actions that seemingly have nothing to do with your ability to um, not kill yourself with food. And the cumulative impact of all of these little tools is something I certainly can't explain. Um, my eating, overeating history was very brief, just 10 years, I think, from 13 to 20 probably or 24 maybe so that's 11 years the feeling less than uh preceded that you know I'm a no good reason I'm an only child as far as I can tell from therapy never abused in any way shape or form um loved adored great student ballerina athlete everything and consistently felt less than I'm not saying my parents are perfect. I certainly understood a, a whole bunch of things in therapy. But of course, as all of you know, understanding in therapy and being able to refrain from eating donuts have nothing to do with one another. So I tried everything before I got here. Therapy, fat farms, various diets, shots, trainers up the wazoo, whatever. And I absolutely lost weight every time and gained it right back. And my Highest weight was probably 155. And my lowest weight went, you know, for New York moment, I was anorexic, was like 82. But when I came to OA, I was probably 155 or 145 or some such thing. And um, okay, so I got here. I think the real food up, down, whatever is, is rather boring. I'm so run of the mill as I just only want to spend two seconds on it because I have nothing exciting to add. No, no unique food stories. Um, unfortunately, extremely common. And that's one of the things that I actually want to say. Uh, when I went, uh, one of the things that irritates the crap out of me about 12 steps is exactly how very average I am, how unspecial my story is, how run-of-the-mill my fears are, how just how phenomenally typical and common I am. It's just nauseating because I really, you know, I'm an only child. The world ought to revolve around my head. Um, 
<laughs> the good Lord, it doesn't. Um, but got here um, through a friend who 12 stepped me. Oh, this is the story for anyone who's possibly not heard it. I see two people who haven't seen me. Maybe you've heard me. Short version, I was in a car accident. Um, Brooke McElvis was in, uh, I come to the to OA, um, heard the God word, and I just said, absolutely freaking not, can't, no, please. I am an intellectual. I, my parents are doctors. We can't have this discussion, for God's sake. Um, then I had a car accident, went to Cedars, uh, unconscious for a couple of weeks, woke up. First thing I asked is if I could walk. Second thing I, which the answer was yes. Second thing I had asked was how much weight I've lost, which again, I know it makes perfect sense to all of you. But what did happen is that with a broken pelvis, using a walker, I ended up walking to the refrigerator enough times to start gaining weight. And I can't tell you how painful a broken pelvis is. A broken pelvis is right in your core. And, you know, it's right in the middle. You can't put you in a cast. And it's every, whether you raise your arm, whether you take a deep breath, you cough, you shampoo your hair, certainly you watch. The pain shot goes up through you. That's the will it takes to eat. Don't give a flying fuck. Just give me my food. So when I started gaining weight by, you know, when you're lifting a walker and putting it down and there's certainly not a place to take put the plate. So you, I walked through the pain and stood at the refrigerator eating. I realized that I've got to try this thing, no matter how uh, abominable the idea of religion is. And I came here and, um, I came at the time where that we we had some uh, some latitude towards defining our abstinence, and I'm super grateful. And I could not get my head around three meals a day and nothing in between because I never ate like that. That was just not an issue. Uh, a lovely lady caught me in one of the meetings, and uh, right before I snuck out, because I had a habit of sneaking out, I didn't want to hold anyone's hands, didn't know the Lord's Prayer, didn't know anything, just let me slide in and let me slide out. So this lovely lady grabbed me before I could sneak out. And she said, what's your food story? I said, sweets. And said, can you not have refined sugar? I said, what the hell does that mean? She said, come with me. She took me from Lyons, um, thank you, to Irwan. And she introduced me to the magical word of um, world of fruit juice and honey sweetened shit. So now, if I ate the way I did, then I would probably die. But that was a start for me. So my abstinence was and always is no refined sugar, which absolutely for anyone who has a, a sweet tooth like I do, leaves room for decades of killing yourself with other shit. But that's my story and I'm sticking to it. Um, I've worked this. Uh, so food, everything. Uh, how much time do I have? Um, 10 minutes? Someone timing it. Uh, just under 10. Okay. So I really do want to get to the solution. Um, I started working the steps, absolutely not agreeing with any part of it. Not, And then um, when I came in, the steps were only doable through the big book and through AA's 12 and 12. 
And the single most in, important phrase that opened my eye, uh, my head, my mind, my everything, was the part in step two addressed to the intellectuals. And it said, if you really are an intellectual, you have to look at the data. Here's empirical evidence that this thing works when nothing else had. And I was looking at so many people who had over 100 pounds of abstinence. I the, the data supported something that I could not wrap my head around. So if I genuinely considered myself an intellectual, I had to say this thing worked, even though I didn't know how. And that was the beginning. That was the beginning of sweeping when I didn't know why I have, I don't even smoke. Why do I have to empty ashtrays? This is absolutely frigging disgusting. Um, this opened the idea of saying, I'm a greeter and extend my hand and I'm the unfriendliest person ever. <laughs> Just leave me the hell alone in my cocoon. Don't, if I don't talk to you in the same room for 75 hours, I'm good with that. <laughs> but I started doing these things that I had no idea how they were going to work. And all I can tell you is that slowly but surely, I lost my weight. I've kept the same weight off. Um, and I now throw clothes away, you know, probably because at some point they become age inappropriate more than because I grow out of them. Um, now I read this beautiful big book of ours, literally. Now I am hungry for the words. In the beginning, I knew I had to do it because this is the textbook. It was very difficult to relate to middle-aged men in 1935 who drank. Um, and how does that really translate to, you know, donuts? I, put, I could not get it, but now I will bow to those middle-aged men in 1935 now I'll take every beautiful word in that book. I don't want it to change from he to she. I don't want it to change from, I, those words for me are divinely inspired. I don't know how the, the sequence of words came together, but I haven't found one single problem to which they don't apply. Um, I continue to have things happen for the better in my life that I could not have orchestrated. My wildest dreams would not give me the level of peace and freedom I have for the most part. You know, shit happens in life and I have to deal with it. This is work, this is corporate America. Um, and where the hell was I? I lost me. Okay, things have happened that only something greater than myself could have orchestrated it. There's no freaking way I could have even dreamt of peace. I didn't even know I did not have peace. So before I got here, my daydreams were about this size, these clothes, this car, this whatever. I had no idea that this was going on nonstop. And no matter how many things I got on the outside, I could not quieten this. And now there are days of this being quiet. There are weeks of me being happy and um, free. Joyous, I'm only joyous when I do aerobics. So let's not get carried away. But I am happy and free. Um, 
So I, I cannot stress how important this program is to me. I cannot stress how literal I take the words in the big book. I can't express how, uh, how, how grateful I am that I got to do this, John, because literally I now understand if I do this December 18th, I'm gonna figure out what the hell I need to do on December 19th. And this is all I have to do. Um, I have had so, I've witnessed so many miracles in this program of health, of money, property, prestige, of um, very difficult situations getting resolved with family members, with colleagues, with friends that you just have to be a moron and have your head in the sand. Okay. Thank you. If you don't believe that there's credibility here. I mean, you, you're just nuts if you don't think this thing is going to work for you. Um, I only read the, the AA 12 and 12 and the OA 12 and 12. I do read a lot of supplemental books to expand my spiritual thing. My, great, my spiritual thing. Yeah, I, I'm really eloquent here. Um, good Lord, what the hell? Love my, love my sponsees. Um, thank God, because when I comfort them, I love them so much that I'm not blowing smoke up their asses. So if I'm not blowing smoke up their asses, if I say one thing to them and I don't believe it myself, that makes me a hypocrite. And I genuinely don't want to be a hypocrite. Uh, what else have I got to say? Oh, sugar-free stuff. This is the <laughs> best story. Okay. This is the best story. Talk about God being able to doing for me what I could not do for myself. So for these guys who've heard me for 30 some odd years, I'm always belly aching about sugar-free shit and, and what it does to your system, blah, blah, blah. So about seven, eight years ago, I started itching just uncontrollably, no particular reason. But I went to three, four dermatologists. They could not figure out what it was. Oh, Seth, you're just getting older. Great. So what the hell am I going to be like when I'm 70? I'm just going to be, you know, like this. What the hell? So I kept going to dermatologists, got drugs, you know, sleepy all the time, but I was itching. A dear friend in OA recommended a doctor. We call him a voodoo doctor. He's one of these kinesthesiologists, you know, they do stress thing. Short version, I am, I've consumed my share of chemicals. So if I wanted to not itch like a maniac, my eyeballs, my head, my nose, my skin, like just a maniac, I had to cut back on all of my sugar-free crap. The only thing I eat with sugar-free is stevia. And I'm like, God, mother, <laughs> really, man? This is the one thing you'd left for me. I hate you. <laughs> I, here I am, uh, probably a year later, and I've had to switch a lot of natural crap, which has a lot higher calories, which is not remotely as sweet as, you know, bags and bags of sweet and low. Um, and I'm getting weight and I don't itch. So God has a wicked sense of humor. <laughs> I'm so pissed at him. Um, I love this program. I I think I've said that about five freaking times. I'm just rambling at this point. Thank you for letting me be of service.